Praise God. Numbers chapter 16, way back in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. We need a, we need a word from God. I, uh, I don't know if you know this. Some of you do. Some of you don't. But, but my main bottom line prayer here, whatever kind of service we're having, it's like, God, we need the anointing. We need a moving of your spirit. That's what we need. I, I, now I want to preach good. I'd like to. I'd like to knock it out of the park. But if I don't preach good, if I preach medium, if I just preach horrible, if we have a move of God, it'll make up for all that, and I don't mind that. Numbers, chapter sixteen. Let's read verses forty-six through forty-eight. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer. And put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly unto the congregation, and make an atonement for them, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord, the plague has begun. Hallelujah. And Aaron, verse 47, and Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the plague was begun among the people, and he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. Amen. Let's look at one more verse. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. Fire from the altar. You know that in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle plan, they had the first place that you came into, and we're doing a little study on this on Wednesday nights, and I can't get off of that tabernacle. I know I'm not going very deep in it, but it's a lot of stuff in there. The first piece of furniture, if you will, as you come into the gate of that tabernacle plan, it's an altar of sacrifice. The next piece of furniture is a laver of water, and God told the people, God said, you tell the priest to wash at that, by the way, I don't care what theologians who are loose and liberal and don't believe the message teach, amen, but I'm telling you, there's no other reason that water would be there except to, to, to symbolize baptism. Altar of repentance, amen, something had to die, the blood had to be shed, had to be given, which is a type of God dying later on, all right? And then the next step, which is repentance, the next step is water. They're on their way in, amen, to the holy place, amen. But the fire on that little incense, which represents prayer, little incense altar inside the holy place, which represents prayer, the sweet-smelling savor, the fire on that had to come from the altar of sacrifice, amen. That was a requirement from God. And so when they brought that fire and they had the incense and they put fire on it from the altar, amen, and they brought it among the people, amen. Listen, folks, I said it a little bit yesterday, didn't have time to get into much of it, but what we need, amen, is a move of God, amen. I remember John the Baptist preaching and he said, it was a pretty, pretty big deal, and he said, I baptize you with water under repentance, but there's one coming after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, but he didn't stop there. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, we could get into all of that and what it represents and what it means. I won't do that, but we do need some fire. When you get filled up with God, there will be some fire involved. It is scriptural. It is biblical. It is needful. Amen. Hallelujah. Some, somehow, some way, I don't know how, and I do have some notes, but I don't have to stay with these notes, amen, but uh, I, I want God to speak to us today. I don't want church as usual today. I don't even want to preach really good, amen, and not have a move of God in your life here. Amen. I want you to reach out and take a hold of it. If some comes by you and, and just say, this is mine. I'm taking this by faith. Let's clap our hands one more time and I'm gonna let you be seated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Verse 48, and he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed or it stopped. People were dying. You know what? God was angry with them. They had been disobedient to God. That's, that's like a foreign language to our Christian society today. Talk about it the other day a little bit. Heard a talk show host talking about how ridiculous it was that some Nobody even dared to mention that, you know, when the hurricane, the big hurricane hit New Orleans and, and, and some preacher said that that was the judgments of God or it could have been the judgments of God. And they just, you know, they just ranted about it, about, you know, how ridiculous because God is good. And God is sweet. Listen, God is, but if we read our scripture, which is our foundation, you see God getting angry and upset every once in a while. You can read the story of Israel who backslid and prayed back through and backslid and you watch how God responded to that and you can learn who God is by watching his, you can, like, you can find out what he liked and what he didn't like. Well, he didn't like something that they were doing because they had gotten off into idolatry and judgment was on them. And the only thing that would stop this the only thing that would stay this, King James language, was, was fire and Moses heard from God and told the priest Aaron, <clears throat> you gotta get some fire. It's got, listen, there's a remedy for things. Right. Our world needs help. Our world is in bad shape. We are lost. We have lost our way. And so they need to hear a certain sound, amen, namely something from God to help them. Amen. Listen, we seek help everywhere. The, the, the psychiatrist and psychologist business, it's really, really good right now. And I'm not against that. We have a wonderful church counselor here, amen, that helps people untangle situations from marriage problems. To, in fact, I would like everybody that could to go sit in there and let her set out a, fill out a simple financial uh, thing for your family because smart people do the stupidest things. And they wonder why they have no money. Sister Debbie Morrison can help you out with that. Amen. But I'm telling you, people are paying. Listen, now you you have to make sure that your health care pays for counseling. Right. Ours is free. <laughs> that means you really need to give her something. <laughs> but 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 listen, we need answers. There are answers. Amen. It's fire from the altar. Amen. Taken among the people to stop this judgment of God on us. Hallelujah. But the guy that ranted about it, how ridiculous it was. And I'm listening to him and I'm thinking, he is totally ignorant about the word of God because the Bible said God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means if God ever did anything, he'll still do it. That's like the people that says, oh, that's Old Testament. And I want to say, so? And I do sometimes. Did, that, did he become another God? When the, no, it, that didn't happen. In fact, Jesus said he didn't come to destroy the law, but he come to fulfill the law. The law is still just as, you know, you know pertinent as it, as it ever been. It has never changed just because God began to deal with us in a different way. There are still, you know, I remember Brother Green coming up when I was a kid, we had prophets that would come by and they would pronounce judgment and see there's right here in this, right in this kind of wonderful, I love you to death, but some of you ain't got a clue. You think if you choose to not believe that, it won't happen. That doesn't work. That's like not believing the creation. Oh, I don't believe the creation. Do you think that that changes anything? That doesn't change a thing. God is still God. He still does what God does. He still loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. And we have, but we have a choice. We can refuse that, all right? Hallelujah. Amen. I, Listen, I want God to do something here today. Let me, let me get back on my lesson just a little bit here. Amen. At Sinai, God had instructed Moses that incense was to burn continually in that holy place upon a little golden altar. Amen. 
day and night, the sweet smell of the incense drifted through the veil into God's presence, which was in the Holy of Holies. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was, the only piece of furniture in there, amen, where God dwelt between the cherubims on the, I love this part, the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Amen. And so there was an existing fellowship and a communion between the people and God. Amen. This tabernacle was where, you know, the high priest took the blood from the altar of sacrifice in through the holy place, past that little, all that little furniture there, the golden candlesticks that burned continuously, amen. The table of showbread, that there were 12 loaves, one for every tribe of Israel, all represented something, even in, amen, to that holy of holies. And then he could only go in there one time a year. But that's where the presence of God dwelt, amen. No one was allowed there but the high priest, amen. Scripture doesn't say, but I'm certain that if the air currents were right, just the regular people on the outside could smell some of the incense on certain occasions, amen. Remember, that's a type of prayer, amen. They could feel something. They're like, ooh, I got a couple of goosebumps there, amen. Listen, that was about as close as they were allowed to be to the power of the almighty God. They witnessed the cloud and the pillar of fire that stood over the tabernacle. That's what the scripture said, amen. It led them by day and by night, amen. They even heard the voice as it thundered out of the mountain, the voice of God, amen. And they saw firsthand the 10 commandments written on stone by God's own hand. They were believers, all right? And this is, this is what separates them. I said, what makes your church different from everybody else? Let me show you. Right Here's one of the differences right here. These folks were believers. How could they not be a believer? Seeing the, 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 God, the, the flat fire and the cloud. And, and by the way, when the cloud moved, that's when they moved the tabernacle. The tabernacle was, you know, like a tent type thing. You know, they had, you know, the instruments and all of the furnishings in it. And that was a type of a church in the wilderness. Amen. And when the cloud or the fire began to move, they would pack up and they would follow the cloud. That's a type of following the spirit. The Bible said as many as are led by the spirit, those People are the sons of God, amen, hallelujah. So they were believers, amen, but there was no relationship, no close fellowship, no friendship. I feel like people walk in this church, Brother Thompson, and there's no way they cannot feel the presence of the Lord. They feel, they see the sincere worship. They see tears, they see worship, shouters, aisle runners, hands lifted up. That's a sign of surrender. And there's something inside of every man, every woman that God, that, that God allows to be born in this earth. Don't care who you are. Don't care what kind of look you got on your face. If I don't care, I'm not interested. I'm an unbeliever. I don't care. I'm just telling you. And I feel like right now, I'm about as anointed as I've ever been in my life. There is something inside of you Amen. You can claim to be whatever you want or whatever you're not and you're not gonna be. There's something inside of you when you get in the presence of God that you know that is real and you know that it's true. Amen. Whether you, whether you accept it or not. Hallelujah. That's where these people were. They were outside and they could get a little smell. Couldn't go in. Couldn't go in there, only the high priest. I'm so glad God changed that. God called us priests. Talked about it a little bit today. Hallelujah. Amen. Priest. We're here to reach the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Israelites had had this outward view of God. Maybe we could say they had this long distance relationship with God. You know, not, not only, the, and I'm, I, I'm, I've got to say something that will probably rankle with some of you, but that's my job. I, you know, I like to just preach sweet things and encourage people and bless. But once in a while, there's some things that we just need to say. We need to be confronted with God every once in a while. I'm not allowed to go around with an ugly spirit. I'm not allowed to get mad at you and angry with you and put up. I'm not allowed to do that. 
Let me tell you young people, you're going to, and you know what? People say, ooh, they looked at some scantily clad, you know, female, boys I'm talking to. And I'm like, I know this is old-fashioned. This is probably not politically correct. I said, well, at least it was a female. At least it was the right sex. They were like, Ooh. you know, I'd be, there'd be something wrong with you if you didn't. But I'm not going to leave it there, though, all right? I'm not opening the floodgate for just the wolves to, I'm not doing it. Here's what you have to do. You have to do this. I don't know how successful or unsuccessful you're going to be with this because you're men, you're young men, and all the rest of you are too that are out there. You have to draw a line and when one walks by, and you know what, and they just, they, you know, not in our church, hopefully, but out in the world, it looks like they just take off everything they possibly can take off that's lawful. It's like they don't know what they're doing. But you have to be the one to go like, that's as far as we go right there. You have to draw the line. The world is going nuts, doing everything and anything they possibly want to do. When you become a Christian, never said you was going to be perfect, amen, but we're not going to sing that nobody's perfect song. You know, we, we sing that until we've wore the book out. Oh, no, that's our excuse to do anything. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. You better draw the line somewhere in your life, amen, because God wants to use you and he wants to bless you. And you can't be like the world. You're not like the world. You're not gonna be like the world. Amen. Amen. And the Bible said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. So quit being like, quit trying to be like them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So draw the line there. But, But these folks couldn't get close to God. It's like I know the president when I see him. I recognize his face, but I don't really know who he is. We're not friends. So while the priests and the Levites actually had these close encounters with God, the regular folks like us could only smell the incense from outside the tabernacle. Like, oh, hey, boy, that's a prayer warrior. Ooh, that's a preacher. That's a saint. But you can't, listen, I'm here to tell you that you can go inside the holy of holies. I'm telling you, you can have an experience with God, amen, where you will have a close relationship with him. That's what we're saying. We're trying to get the door open for regular people. Hallelujah, hallelujah. However, in our text, Aaron was instructed to bring some of that incense out among the congregation. I believe that that is a type and a shadow of a New Testament breakthrough. After, amen, the sacrifice was made, after the veil in the temple had been rent from top to bottom, you take this out there where they are. It doesn't have to be closed up and curtained in, amen, now. God wants to get out there among the folks who have need. There's a plague going on. First off, we have to understand that this world's just not a really good place. I'm kind of a positive guy and I try to see good. But listen, this is not our home, folks. We're just passing through here. Let's, let's not settle down too much here. Hallelujah. But when the, when the Levites, amen, when they took that, smoke and and that incense, burning incense. This is out among the people. This was the first opportunity for the Israelites to directly smell the sweet fragrance from the altar. Hallelujah. Notice in verse 48, Moses stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed. Our world needs a connection with the church. Amen. So what does that mean? Could that possibly mean that there are church folks like Susie Carr who influenced people that were not in the church? She had friends here yesterday, amen, uh, and she wasn't even here, amen. They came here for her. She made a connection. She went out among the people and she had some incense with her. Hallelujah. She took it off the altar 
and took it out among the people. That's what we need, folks. Don't you, don't you settle. Let me just speak right to somebody right now. It'll probably be several somebodies. Amen. Don't you settle for some slick preacher who preaches a good sermon and tells you just accept Christ as your personal Savior. I, you know, I've made people angry and didn't even know it. it wasn't my intentions. It's not my job to hurt people's feelings. But I, I do cross up doctrines with folks sometimes. Listen, folks, this is a heaven or hell issue right here. First off, nobody in the Bible ever said except Christ as your personal Savior. Is anything wrong with that? Probably not. The only thing wrong with it, we use them so much, after a while, we start thinking they're biblical. We start thinking there's a scripture in there that says, it doesn't say that. And I, I made the statement, I said, that's a great start. And it is a good start. You do have to believe. And you do have to accept. But, but, but we don't need somebody up here petting us. We need somebody to challenge us. There is a book of Acts experience that God purchased and paid for with his own blood. No, no, wonder, no wonder people are skeptical of Christians and, and you know, there's crooks and preachers that spend all the money and run off with the keyboard player. I can't do that. She's my daughter-in-law, you know. <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we've seen and heard everything. And so we've lost confidence, you know, in the church. That is the very reason we need a, a genuine moving of the Holy Ghost. And when folks get to smelling it, ooh, I caught a whiff of that. Ooh, what was that? Oh, that's a type of God's prayer and his presence and he wants everybody to have that relationship with him. That's what the scripture was saying here. Brother Ruck, amen, again, thank you for being moved upon by the Holy Ghost and obeying what God said. That's unheard of in the world. You don't do that. But God said some things to us. He sees us. He hears us. He feels our pain. And he's here to help us. What does that? That's a relationship with him. My goodness. I'm feeling my Holy Ghost right now. I don't know what I'd do without the church. Hope I can help somebody here just a little bit. Amen. First Peter 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Peter describes us as a, as a royal priesthood. What does that mean for us? God has provided a functioning body for Christ on this earth. We're the priest, all of us. You pray through to the Holy Ghost. Let me let me let me give my let me give you my testimony. It's not it's not the sinners out there and the drug addicts and the alcoholics and the cussers and the lies. That's not who's the problem. Can I just take my liberty right now? Thank you. <laughs> People come to the altar, they can take the right hand of fellowship and be given a card and say, oh, everything's wonderful. You can't never be lost again. We could have that debate. And I would disagree with you. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be ugly here. But we're still, we're talking about our salvation. Oh, let's just smooth it out. You know what? You know what I could do? I could have a lot more buddies and a lot more friends and our attendance would probably be a lot bigger if I would say, you know what, you just worship your God and I'll worship my God. And we all, you know, if you're a Muslim, that's fine. Our God, let me tell you, my God's not the same as the Muslim God. His, his name is Jesus. He said, if we try to enter in the door, any other, he said, I'm the door. You try to enter in any other way, you're the same as a thief. Can I just preach that? Is that all right if we just be precise here? Hallelujah. He's my God. He's my friend that sticks close to the earth. He's trusting me to tell the truth. Hallelujah. I'm in love with him. He's my best friend. You see, he loves me, Brother Green, when people have lost confidence in me. He still believes in me. I don't know why he does, but, but, but that's called a relationship. That's a friend. You ever have a friend just walk away from you? And not only walk away, sometimes they kick you in the teeth as they leave. 
That's not a friend. Let me just tell you right. That's not a friend. A friend, a true friend will love you at all times. And that's when you need a friend, when you messed up and you know you messed up. You know you could have done it better and different than you should have and there you are beating yourself up and somebody helps you out. Like, I'll help you beat yourself up. (laughs) We don't need that as a friend. I don't mean a friend agrees with everything you do either. But a friend will just stick with you. That's what Jesus does. He knows every hair on our head that they're numbered. Amen. He knows every mistake. And when we come in looking real spiffy like everything is good, he knows very well that it's not good. We can hypocrite all we want to. But he still loves us. He still cares about us. He's still got time for us. And we gather together and we're not worthy, but he comes in anyway. He promised that when we gather together, he said he would be there in the midst. And he's here today. Amen. But don't you let somebody... Amen. Sweet talk you and smooth talk you and tell you, listen, I'm, I'm a positive guy most of the time and I, I don't want to be gloom and doom and all of this stuff. Amen. But if people ain't got it, they ain't got it. If they get it, they get it. If they didn't get it, they didn't. And it's left up to us to decide that. We're the elders dealing with the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody was talking about it, Sister John, uh, Brother Johnson maybe. Amen. Listen, the Bible said, let the elders judge. There's one place we can judge, all right? I know there's judge not, but he said, let the elders decide. If we don't know when somebody gets the Holy Ghost by now, you know, you know, down south, y'all, you'll probably come in contact with this. I, have, I, I, I can't hold my tongue when I go down there. People will get the Holy Ghost talking in tongues like a Chinaman. And down there, where I was raised, I, I, you know, and I still preach in some churches down there, Louisiana, Mississippi, but they got this old deal, Sister Jan, like, oh, don't ever tell anybody they got it. Let them tell you. They Oh, really? Isn't this called a born-again experience? I said, if we don't know when somebody gets it by now, we need to give up our license. We need to find another occupation. I know when somebody gets the Holy Ghost. I've seen it happen a few times. I don't mind. Oh, that's the Holy Ghost. I've seen people believe that so bad, so harsh that you don't tell them, Brother Ruck, that people to get it and they talk them out of it before they left the church. Well, did you? Read? Well, they don't know what they got. They know it felt good. <laughs> they never felt anything, but they don't. They're not the one. <clears throat> Listen, when my kids were born, y'all heard me say this before. Not a one of them, three of them, but not a one of them came out and told me they were born. It was a nurse. It was a nurse or a doctor that came out. Said, sir, you have a healthy boy. Thank you, sir. (laughs) You know why? He was a professional. He knew what he was doing. He had delivered babies before. They said I was disappointed with Laura because, you know, it's just a guy thing, y'all. A guy, we want want a boy. (laughs) Prove I'm a man, I guess. I don't know. But my mother-in-law tells a story when they came out. She was sitting there too. Mr. Curry, you have a healthy boy beautiful girl. That's when Laura was born. And she said, just for a split second, my countenance just fell. You know. <laughs> then I caught myself. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, but she didn't run out and tell me she was born. Neither should when the spirit moves and that born again experience takes place. Should we expect them to get up and testify and tell us all about it? No, no, no. They're just newborn babies in the spirit. Came to the altar and I was 12 years old, stirred up, never felt anything like that in my life. Knelt in the altar and I cried and I prayed. It just broke me up from the inside. I'd felt the spirit of the Lord in the Baptist church when a nice Baptist family took my brother and I to church and we felt in the songs and we, the preacher would preach and we'd feel God. Of course, there you just accepted the Lord. I'd feel it. But I was in a little apostolic church at a prayer time, just a prayer meeting type thing, and the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. And this is going to be good for somebody right here. This is where we all come in. This is where the high priests come in. We're in charge here. All right? We can tell when it's happening. I was in the altar, and, and I, I rep- he told me to repent and ask God to forgive me. That's what the Bible said to do. And so I asked God to forgive me and wept over it, puddle of tears on the old bench. And so I prayed, and, and finally I, I thought, man, that was it. And I never felt anything like that before. This is a perfect time 
for us to lead a person wrong. And then they will never, ever change in a lot of cases because they never felt anything like that. And I thought I had it. No, they explained to me, no, no, you don't have the Holy Ghost yet. <laughs> you, you, you ain't felt nothing yet. But see, here I was, they said, they said Charlie, the reason this, that you feel this way is that God just forgave you of all of your sins. He just cleaned you up, right? And everything that you've ever done, he forgave you for it. Sister Gregory, that's a perfect time, amen, for a slick false prophet to come in. I don't say false prophets do that on purpose. They're just doing what they've been taught. Oh, you just received the spirit. No, you didn't. They said, now you're ready for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So now here's what you do. You take it by faith. Lift up your hands. You begin to give God thanks for that wonderful promise of his spirit. And it wasn't long when I began to, something come over me and I began to speak in a language that I'd never heard before, never learned before. And you know, this doesn't happen to everybody. Amen. You know, uh, like you falling out up here. She wanted, her husband's wondering why, you know, he didn't fall out. Some people need to fall out, and God knows which one. <laughs> well, I couldn't quit talking in tongues. Brother Marvin, I just kept, I, I, after I came out of it, and uh, I was so hard, that's why somebody explained that I was so hard-headed that God n knew that I needed to be made a believer out of it. You gonna, you gonna, when you walk out of here, you're going to know that I'm God. I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. I couldn't, Brother Ruck, I couldn't stop. And they got all around me. They was all laughing and having a good time, all the young people and some of the church folk. And they'd ask me a question and I'd answer them in some kind of language. And it went on about an hour. I mean, when I walked out of there, you know how the enemy would get you? Like, oh, that was just you did that. That was your flesh did that. Yeah, you just got all worked up. All those Pentecostals clapping their hands around you, all, all, all they rubbing on you and touching you. That's what happened. No, no, no. I couldn't do that because after they quit all of that, I just kept on. But my point is this. When, that's a critical point right here. And I already said, it's not the sinners and the liars and the drunks, amen, that cause us problem, amen. It's somebody leading us that's not quite clear on this and ever go, he, the scripture says they all gonna fall in the ditch. So if, if they'd have told me I had the Holy Ghost, Brother Green, at that point before I did that, before I spoke in tongues, I'd have walked out of there and ain't nobody changing me. Why? Because I felt something I had never felt before. My point is, thank God there were people who were knowledgeable about what the Holy Ghost was and what it wasn't, amen. If you got a few goosebumps, that's wonderful, but that does not, amen, that does not constitute the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost. It's all around you. It's just like some people are worried about being demon-possessed. The Holy Ghost revealed this to me not too many years ago and said, no, no, you are not possessed, amen, but there are some demons that are around you and they've attached themselves to you as a difference, Amen. And we're just going to command them to leave you and get out of here. And let me tell you something. The demons, when you do it in the right name, they have no choice. You don't have to wrestle with them. You don't have to get in a physical fight with them. You just speak that name. It works every time. Works every time. Hallelujah. Somebody in here needs that. Amen, because that's all biblical. The Bible said when the Holy Ghost fell on them, they all began to speak with tongues as the Spirit. Listen, you do all kind of things when the Holy You get goosebumps, some people laugh, some people weep, all that's good. But there is one common thing throughout the book of Acts that just kept on happening. And it was the tongue. You know why? Because it's the most unruly member of the body. It's like the bit in the horse's mouth, the rudder for the ship. It turns that vehicle, amen, whatever way it wants to go. You get to talking right and saying the right thing, you'll end up in the right place. But the enemy wants to steal that away from us. I want you to break out in tongues. I want you to praise him in tongues. Amen. Paul said, amen, I'm gonna speak in tongues. And when I do that, he said, you know, my, I don't know what I'm saying in my natural, but my spiritual man knows what I'm saying. You, you, get a, you, get a, you get something out of it in the spirit, but my mind don't get anything out of it. When I pray in, in my natural language, then guess what? My mind gets something out of that, but then my spiritual man's not getting anything out of it. 
He said, what do we do then? And he answered his own question. He said, I'll do both. We'll, we'll pray in our own language and preach in our own language, and, but we'll pray, amen, in another language and worship in another language. We do both. Well, you don't have to do one or the other. Do both. That's what the scripture teaches. Hallelujah. I'm about done here. Hallelujah. I want to help somebody, but we got to get some fire. I feel it right here, right? We got to get some fire out of the altar and take it out among the people. Yes, there are people who totally reject this. People got their mind made up. They ain't nothing to do with that. That's your choice. I, I'm trying to force you to do anything. But I am telling you, it's something that will, it is for whosoever will, and it will change your life. Change Paul. Things I used to love, now I hate. Things I used to hate, now I love. It's just an inward change here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. In light of all this, could the actions of Aaron in taking the incense of the holy place out among the cursed, what it was, the cursed congregation, be a type of God's Holy Ghost filled believers? among the world? I, I think so. The Bible consistently teaches that unrepentant men are dead in trespasses and sins. What killed them? The plague of sin. Our world is in trouble, folks. Our communities are in, in dire need of answers to solutions that are huge, they're bigger than we are. We can't fix these things. These are problems that are bigger than us. Amen. And in most, most cases, people that are involved and are bound by all these things, they cannot make the connection to the spiritual. And that's where we come in. The, the Bible says this, the way of a transgressor is hard. That's a person who's a sinner. Proverbs 14 and 34 Watch this. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The law of the harvest is a principle that was set in motion by much higher authority than any federal judge, any president. You know, it, it, it's, it's the authority. It's the power. So we ought to be very cautious about what kind of seeds we're planting. The seeds of rebellion are being planted in this nation and has been for a long, long, long time. This is an obvious fact. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Well, I love the different translations. One translation says, where there is no revelation, <laughs> the people perish. Another translation says, where there is no restraint. Isn't that amazing? I thought there was a separate meaning. No, no, no. Where there is no restraint, the people perish. Hallelujah. Proverbs 28 and 9. Now this gets down where we're living right here. Oh, we have a choice. We do have a choice. But he says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. And we certainly don't want that. We can be rebellious if we want. We can be stubborn if we want. We can not love our brother and sister like God said. We can do that if we want. We can do all kinds, we can do anything we want. But God can cause us, somebody said, because they received not a love of the truth. God, God said, I'll turn them over to a reprobate mind and they'll believe a lie. In other words, listen, let me tell you what, truth is more than Acts chapter two, okay? It is that. That's where the church was born. That's the birth, that's why we always go right back to that. We go back past, you know, all our forefathers and John Wesley and, you know, John Smith and all of those, all those guys, we go, which is wonderful, wonderful men. We go, and we go back right there to the book of Acts. That's where it started. Right. Somebody asked me, and it's been asked probably every apostolic church. One Catholic guy asked me, said, what branch of Pentecost are you? I said, we're not a branch. We're the main, we're the main tree. We don't go back to a branch. Go back to the beginning. That, that, that's, that's what determines our feelings about who gets the Holy Ghost and who didn't get it. 
and how we get baptized. Also a Catholic priest, one time, you know, I said, you know, you guys used to baptize all your converts if you're a Catholic. I'm not doing this. This is a history lesson. This is a little history. Not, I'm not picking on anybody. Bless you. I love the Catholics. Amen. They just need to get a revelation here. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it's just a good conversation with the guy. This is how they feel. That's why we need some fire out there. It comes from the altar. I said, uh, I said, you know, you guys used to not sprinkle, but you used to immerse when you baptized. And I said, not only did you do that, but I said, you, you used the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ like they did in the Bible. He said, oh, yeah, we changed that. As simple as that. We just changed that. What happened to forever settled? <laughs> what, what, what happens? They don't add to and don't take away. They, they have some authority maybe, but they don't have that much authority. Hallelujah. Amen. So we go back to that very first place where it was poured out and they asked me and brother, what shall we do? What we preached about a little bit yesterday. Amen. I love this message, folks. Hallelujah. I love the fire when folks finally get a hold of it and get a Ooh, yeah. Let's don't stop here. Let's move on to the, amen, to where, you know, the, the upper room is because he said, you go there and you'll be endued with power. Who don't want power? We all want that. Hallelujah. We want authority. Hallelujah. A lot of preaching to be done. I will spare you, amen, and not just wear you out today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Israel, let's all stand together. Sister Melissa, you're up here already. Whole thing that brought this on, Israel had rebelled against God and had brought upon themselves the plague of death. Now, the only remedy for this, now this is, this is something that you could study and look at. The only remedy for this plague was worship, which it came in the form of incense and smoke from that incense. Not only is worship the proper response to our own rebellion, it is the solution to the rebellion around us. You, you, you get filled up with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, I like good testimonies and I like the good preaching and teaching, but you just go into a place, there's folks who's going to, may not know how to pinpoint it and put their finger on it, but they know there's something different. You don't have to go, you know, you've been around folks like, oh, I have the gift, I have the gift of healing and I have the gift of, you know, you don't have to do all of that. It's like self-promotion. My dad used to have a scripture for that. He said it was somewhere in Psalms, blessed is he that toots his own horn, for if he toots it not, it shall not be tooted. <laughs> Second book of Curry. <laughs> you, know. you, you don't have to do all of that. Just live right and do right and pray. Get some fire. Amen. Learn how to worship. Learn how to give praise. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Just praise some fire in it. Woo. Hallelujah. Amen. Not, not, not only is worship the proper response, amen, for us, it, 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 our world needs it. That's how you get it out there. You know, some folks, they're just trying to convert folks, just trying to convert folks. You know, bring some fire to the meeting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Discipline. Now, we got standards in this church. People make them bigger than what they are. Everybody's got standards. If you don't know that, somebody, oh, I'm against those standards. Well, why don't you go to the place you work that makes your, writes your paycheck out and tell them you don't like They got standards there. They got a time for you to get to work. They don't want you leaving early. That's a standard. Though. I'm gonna just leave it. No, you don't. You don't. That's a standard. Somebody gave me a. Somebody gave me a, a, a dress code from used to be Reisterstown Federal Bank. Lady used to come to church here. She'd heard me talk about setting some standard, and she brought one. It looked like our one of our platform standards. Couldn't wear blue jeans to work, ladies. Couldn't wear tennis shoes. And we kind of do that on the platform. So, you know, you know, maybe check y'all out and see if y'all don't want to embarrass anybody. You know, Brother Carr, it's like a, uh, it's like a, nowadays it's like come as you are. 
And I see people, and I'm not against this. If you've got your cutoffs on today and your flip-flops, I'm, I'm not preaching you. You know, if that's all you got. My mama wouldn't let me out of the house unless my shoes were polished. Even going to school. You know, it's like my brother used to say, like when you wash your car and you don't do the wheels, he says it's like having a nice suit on with muddy shoes. All the little detail things, you know. You know, <laughs> get them right. And when you come to church, do, do you know, wear, and you know what, I've always said, I'd wear dockers and a, and a golf shirt or something if I, and I, I'm not a suit guy that much, but, but that's kind of what's expected. And so we're like, you know what we want to do, we're ambassadors for Christ. We, we don't send ambassadors from our, around the world and, and them with blue jeans on and cutoffs and flip flops. Man, I'd like to have some of those shoes they got, man. They mean, this like, once in a while I get a, man, it's a, man, they paid some money for those shoes. I can't afford those. <laughs> we need to set some standards for ourselves. Standards are not bad. And amazing how the oh, you don't don't tell me what to do, you know, right? Well, well, why don't you join one of the branches of the military and tell them what color you like? And I won't be you. You, you get through boot. Oh, I won't be wearing green. Oh, yeah, you will if you stay in the army. I just don't like. See, this that's, that's how ridiculous it is. Everybody, every company, every organization has standards. Come on, wake up, folks. Amen. And yes, we've got standards around here. Hallelujah. And we're not going to move them. Not much, anyway. Hallelujah. But, but those, those kind of things, even though we have them, uh, you know, they don't stop rebellion. We set our standards, and I've seen ladies with the longest dresses and the highest necklines and the longest sleeves. I've seen them just as stubborn as a Missouri mule. Got all the dress code right. I'm a Christian. I want everybody to know it. And just hate everybody that walks by. You can't do that. You know, we got to get a proper balance here. This might be Wednesday night teaching that we're doing on, on, you know, Oh, I love, I love Jesus. Yeah, I can tell. I really want what you've got. No wonder we can't win anybody to Jesus. You know? What do we talk? We need some fire. We need some spontaneity. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, folks. Listen, I'm trying to close. When the church is flowing, hallelujah, with that pure incense from the altar. It's called worship. That's why, that's why, to my opinion, why God says enter his gates with thanksgiving on his courts with praise. That's why we clap our hands. That's why we shout. And, we, and some of us have been around for years and we ain't figured that out yet. Right. I can see people look like they lost their best friend. You know, look like they've been eating lemons you know, like, hey, wait, it's worship service. It, I mean, that should click. This is my way out. This is my way through. I, I don't want to be mad. I don't want to be angry at everybody that walks by. Well, the key is worship and praise. The key is. You get the praising. You get the worshiping. Something will break on the inside. You know, you know the Bible. The, the Bible talked about the meek. I heard the first person I heard. I took all kind of notes down. But Gordon Mallory's preaching this: the meek shall inherit the earth. I thank God. You know, sometimes there's a there's a a time to just be stubborn, and I'm not because I'm stubborn on the doctrine part. Like I'm not. No, I, if I baptize you. By the way, we got a Aubrey's getting baptized here in a little bit. Listen, when, I, when you go down, if I've got anything to do with it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak the name that is above every name. Every demon knows that name. It's the New Testament name of God Almighty. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Y'all wonder where the Father is? <laughs> you see me, you see him. Well, I'm going to speak that name when they go down. All right? Hallelujah. Amen. But, but, but there's, there's people who do all the right things but they, they've not, they've not, you know, got this praising down right, and they got this shouting. It. But there's something has to break loose. You have to let God in there. Amen. You, you, you can't go around hating and being mad at everybody. Amen. And expect 
to have victory in the spirit. So you're going to have the spirit help you with that. And that a little word that's a bad word to some people. It's called submission. It's called submission. Listen, it'll work in the church. It'll work in your home, in your family, with your children, with your husband. Some people never learn. They don't get that. Let me finish. Let me tell this story. I'm trying to quit. They didn't let me preach long yesterday, so. (laughs) That's what happens when you get a whole platform full of preachers. You know, you can't all preach. I've told in my church, Sister Donna especially, she's heard all these stories a bunch of times. I just married my wife. Our older brother was in the car with me. And like, I'm letting him know who's the head of my house. And I'm the head of my house. She's, you know, she's my wife. I'm the head of my, I, I made my little speech. And he just looked over at me and he said, you will learn. <laughs> just like that. That's how he said it. You'll learn. Just because I'm the head of my house. That doesn't mean she bows down to me. I don't expect her to. I did learn. <laughs> he was right. And some people, they could be the wife and they could be the same way. They won't let up. It's, submission is good both ways, folks. Good both ways. How do you do that? Fire. Fire from the, from the altar. Incense from the altar. And while we're trying to work all this out, the spirit just gets in and we smell it. That sweet smelling savor. And after a while, amen, we don't think like we did. We want to go to that sister and say, you know what? And this is tough on somebody. Amen, you know what? I, I, you know, I, I was wrong. That's a, that's a God thing, folks. Yes, amen. amen. I'd like to always be right, but it, it's, it's, it's impossible. I, sometimes I'm not right. Hallelujah. And you're wrong sometimes too. When you going to confess that? When can I hear you say that? <laughs> Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. We need some fire out here. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just give him a little worship. Give him a little praise. Shout with the voice of triumph. Let God in. Let him do something for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ oh lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing for joy Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the ch- Oh, we're praising for the victory. The weapons we use, sing. The weapons we use are not bombs. And worship is the way. Oh, this is the... Yeah, we're praising for the victory. I said I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. I can't stop, I won't stop. Oh no, I can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Oh, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ One day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing. Clap your hands. Oh, blow the... We're praising for the victory. The weapons we use, sing. The weapons we use are not bombs and worship is the way. Hallelujah. Oh, this is the way. We're praising for the victory. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop.
praising his name, I just can't stop. I said, I just can't stop. I just can't stop. Just can't stop praising his name, Jesus. Oh, I said, I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. Yes, I said, I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. Yes, I said, I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. One more time, I said, I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta pray. Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trump. We're praising for the victory. The weapons we use, sing. The weapons we use are not bombs and worship is the way. Hallelujah. Well, this is the way. We're praising for the victory. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. I can't stop. I won't stop. Oh, no, I can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. I said I just can't stop. I just can't stop. I just can't stop. I said I just can't stop. Praise in his name, I just can't stop. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Give me praise, give me praise all over the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, praise God. Well, we're having a baptism right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me... Uh, Bring this over, Brother John. Take that over, Bishop. I really don't know if I can do this. This has been a long time since I've always got awesome elders, and I get to stand up there and hold the mic. Aubrey asked if I would do it. She wants me to do it, and I said, yes, I will. And I, I, need, to, I need to stay in practice. I might forget how to do this.
Let's, let's just remember, I take this opportunity. It's been a long time since I just preached about baptism. We throw it in, but, but we, you know, every once in a while when we baptize, we take a little while to just say, this is not an option. This is not something that the scripture, nowhere in the Bible when it talked about baptism did it say, oh, by the way, it'd be nice if you got baptized. But if you don't get baptized, that's okay. Never said that. That's not the language of the scripture. Amen. It just tells you to do certain things, and baptism is one of them. Repent and be baptized. Remember, remember the 19th chapter of the book of Acts, years after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Paul found certain disciples of John the Baptist, you know, at, at Ephesus, I believe it was. And you know what his first question was? Uh, he could tell they were believers, good people. Nothing wrong with that. They had made a, the first initial step. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Which is pretty common there. You could figure that out pretty easy. That you can be a believer and not have the Holy Ghost. All right? Apparently that was the case. They said, we hadn't heard so much whether there be any Holy Ghost. They didn't know about it. Guess what the next question was? What then were you baptized? It's not only important that you get baptized, but how you were baptized. The name is important. Listen, I know immediately right now probably somebody went to 28, Matthew 28, 19 and said, well, Jesus said, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let me explain this to somebody. Those disciples that walked with him that three years or three and a half years, they knew full well who he was. And when he said, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, they said, okay. What the Christian world has done is gone and repeated Matthew 28, 19. That's not what he said. He, we're obeying, just like the disciples obeyed the command to go baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. What is that name? There's a proper name. There's only one name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. It's not titles. Do you believe in the Father? See, I do believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I quoted a little bit a while ago. Philip. You know, he wanted to know, how long would it be before you show us the Father? Philip, have I been so long time with you and you don't know me? Jesus is the image of the invisible God. There's only one God. Hallelujah. Amen. Get some more baptized in here. So it's just so wonderful. Amen. Every disciple, even including the Catholic Church, they baptized by immersion. And they use that one, amen, wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to be safe, hallelujah, by obeying the Lord. Amen, amen. If you hold this mic for me. Sister Aubrey, upon the profession of your faith. And in obedience to the great holy word of the Lord, we now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sin. Aubrey just got the Holy Ghost in the baptismal tank. Oh, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ oh, yeah. oh, lift up your voice and lift 
lift your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trump. We praise it for the victory. The weapons we use, sing. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way. We praise it for the victory. Praise him for the victory. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. I don't think I'm going to dismiss you. I don't think I'm going to dismiss you. You can do whatever you want. Amen. But I'm done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aubrey just received the Holy Ghost. That's a, that's a typical right here. That's typical. You know what we'll do? We'll do whatever we're told. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If you keep hearing, it's not for you today and you don't have to do it. You won't. But if, if somebody says, you can do this thing. It's a free gift from God. Then that's what you'll do. You'll get it. Amen. Aubrey just got filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that sweet? That's beautiful. God bless you. I love every one of you. Well, I said hi. I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. Yes, I said I I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. Yes, I said I I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. Oh, I said I I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta pray. Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Oh, we praise. The weapons we use, sing. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way. We praise it for the victory. I said I just can't stop Praising his name I just can't stop Praising his name I just can't stop Praising his name Jesus I said I just can't stop Praising his name I just can't stop Praising his name I just can't stop Praising his name Jesus I said I just can't stop Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. I said, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet. We're praising for the victory. The weapons we use, sing. The 